Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 321. And I am really excited today because we're going to be talking some cool stuff and Given all you guys out there who have dealt with this iOS 14 BS, some really good strategies and things that we have done here, as well as what we've heard others doing to get through this storm we've been going through for quite some time here, the last two or three months, we feel that the horror has subsided into a certain way here. We're going to be talking uh, with our Minister of Media, Maven of Media, the VP of Customer Success. I guess we have to think of a new name for you now, Angela. Angela Ponsford from Tier 11 is joining me and my awesome co-host, Kasim, this week on What's Working Now. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic, Ange. Customer Success. How can we turn that into a cool, like, wizardy type of name? I don't know. Anyone who can think of that, like a cool name that we should give Ange, just tweet at me at Ralph HB at Ralph HB over at Twitter. I do do a fair amount of Twittering these days, and it's not all about perpetual traffic. It's about lots of other stuff. And speaking of Twitter, Kasim, we have a deal for some of our perpetual traffic listeners here that if they're on the Twitters, they can potentially get some pretty cool free stuff at a place that we are talking at in a few weeks, which is Traffic and Conversion Summit. Uh, and tell the folks what uh, what we got up our sleeve here, even though we're both wearing short sleeves. <laughs> so Ralph and I have 10 networking passes. 10. 10. So we've got a, a plethora, a handful. A plethora, right. <laughs> um, networking passes, just to, to put some guardrails on this. Traffic and conversion is, is the biggest marketing event in North America. That means that tons of people come. And I can tell you all, the audience from a pedigree perspective tends to be, I think, just as good as the speakers in a lot of cases. Like You're going to have the opportunity to network with some really amazing folks. The networking passes will get you into the main stage. They'll get you into the sponsor and exhibit halls. They'll get you into some of the social events. And maybe most importantly, they give you the opportunity to rub elbows with all the other attendees. Now, there are some things that you won't get into, but it's a free ticket, so stop balking and just be happy at the fact that <laughs> free is free. Got ten, yeah, free is free. You get to um, go. <laughs> uh, we'd love to hang out with you. Ralph and I are both going to be there. We're actually going to be we're going to be recording some podcast episodes there. So yeah. if you see us, you know, come up, shake hands. We'll let you buy us a drink. <laughs> Absolutely, or more than one, <laughs> or yeah, a Either couple. Uh, but two. there's so because we only have ten, we've got rules here. Ralph, yeah. do you want to talk about how it is that they go about winning the networking pass? Is it a win or is it earning? I think it's just speed and execution and GSD, which is getting shit done. And we've got the bad rating on iTunes just by me saying that one word. But the first 10 people 
to tweet at me. If you're not going to go for the what Angela's new nickname should be instead of <laughs> Minister and Maven of Media, if you're not going to go down that route, which I think you should, tweet at me, Ralph HB, and I'll tell you what the H stands for in just a second here. Tweet at me, Ralph HB, that with a screenshot of a really good, honest, we want it to be honest, honest review on iTunes for this little show here that we call Perpetual Traffic. I think we've got like five or 600 reviews right now. So, but you know, we want to get that number back up and it helps us get a broader reach and it helps us to be able to pay for the advertising, which allows us to do the show every single week and all that kind of stuff. You know, Casa ain't free, you know. His, Very expensive. Yeah, his million dollar salary doesn't doesn't come, you know, free to anybody. And I'm I'm not picking up that check. Neither is Ryan Dice. So by you helping us with an honest review here really helps to get the podcast to a wider audience and continue to have us bring this awesome content to you every single week. So tweet at me at Ralph HB over on the Twitters, a screenshot of your honest, great, cool, and very helpful review on iTunes. And the first 10 people to do that get free passes to Traffic and Conversion Summit, the greatest show on earth in September. And by the way, what day is it? What three days is it in September in San Diego, Casim? September 13th through 15th. Couldn't be prettier. It's right in the gas lamp quarter, San Diego Convention Center. It's going to be a blast. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Unfortunately, Ange, because of come. Australia, yeah, you kind of got hosed on this one. So we're hoping 2022 <laughs> for Angela. So you won't be able to meet Angela Ponsford here. I know most of you just want to meet her and not me and Kasim, but that's okay. We'll accept <laughs> us year. as like a second fiddle. Yeah, there's always next year. So yeah, so tweet at me at Ralph HB on Twitter for uh, the first 10 that get uh, honest reviews over to us with a screenshot. Get the free passes. And what's the H10 for, Ralph? I was going to try and transition to the commercial at this point and avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> now, all right. So Tell here's the deal. Us. So Ralph HB. So my middle name is Holland. But apparently it's like my mother's grandmother's maiden name or something like that. And so anyway, everyone in college called me Dutch, if you can believe that when they found that out. But when my kids found out, they immediately started calling me clogs. So <laughs> that could have been much worse. You were holding back. I thought it was going to be like Herbert or just something just amazing. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's Holland's not that bad. Actually, that's, and Dutch is a cool name. Like that's, that's a mobster name. Dutch was a cool name. I actually yeah. like clogs better because it's just funny. And it's like they always chuckle whenever they say it. But I don't have a pair of clogs. But anyway, so the Holland Dutch clogs thing. Anyway, we're insulting all our Dutch listeners. So we'll get back <laughs> right back into the interview with Angela from Tier 11 in just a second after this quick break. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, 
my buddies Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back. And today we're going to be talking about how the horror has subsided on Facebook with iOS 14. Right, Ange? Like we're positive here today. Like there's nothing yep. worse that's coming down the line. We've dealt with it. You as the advertisers, the CMO, I know there's a lot of you out there that are listening to us, agencies, if you're an agency owner. We even have an agency group that we are not taking any new members to, by the way. But we talk to them every single week. And this was the first call in a month or so where we haven't even talked about iOS. Like nobody's really complaining. They're just kind of dealing with it, which is, I think what we've done and Kasim to a lesser degree, obviously this has uh, some impact on your side of the equation, but obviously there's a lot of solutions here that you guys on the Google side have already sort of understood and have deployed on that platform. So when people ask you, Andrew, or maybe somebody like me asks you, like, how have you kind of dealt with this internally when you're running millions and millions and millions in Facebook spend on a monthly basis, like what things have you guys done inside the tier 11 group, especially in the media buyers and the creative team to you know, withstand this storm that we've been dealing with the last couple of months? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and it definitely does feel like we're coming out the other end of it. So that's really, really good. One of the big things we've been talking about this week as a team is how do we look at results? I think the iOS 14 debacle shenanigans has made it clear to all of us that Facebook should not be the only source of truth. Now, a lot of us already knew that, you know, there's always been an issue with view through conversions in Facebook and, you know, how we actually look at results. But this has really brought that home that we can't rely on just on Facebook data and we have to look at something else. So we've actually been discussing that. We've got a lot, you know, a fair amount of, you know, over 40 customers right now, and they're on lots of different platforms. So that in itself has got its own challenge. The e-com accounts are a little bit easier to look at, you know, if they're on Shopify or WooCommerce, but we've got someone on BigCommerce and then we've got all sorts of other platforms. So that has been a bit of a, a challenge for us as a team to manage, but definitely using a second source of truth for how to look at the data has been absolutely essential for us and I know for a lot of our listeners uh, just looking you know whether that's wicked reports or some other type of of tracking software google analytics comparisons between facebook and google analytics looking at you know your overall revenue coming in and uh, looking at your marketing spend so that's been one of the big things that's changed fundamentally shifted since ios is it safe to say that the importance of first party data has never been more important than it is today oh yes absolutely I know that's something now, uh, Kasim, we were talking about that earlier. 
is mm. yeah, a fundamental to how we move forward in this industry. Fundamental. So our, for our maybe more basic listeners, maybe this is the first time you've actually listened to perpetual traffic, or maybe you're not familiar with some of these terms. Like, what is the difference? I'm going to ask Kasim on this one because he's like the brain yes. here of data. <laughs> so, We're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what is the difference between first party and third party data? I always love to hear different people's answer on this anyway, because it always makes me understand it, embed it in my not so big brain. But what really is the difference and why is it so important right now? First party data is data that you own. It's your data that you have acquired and keep and house. And third party data is data that you rely on other people for, other entities for. And for my, my small business listeners, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer maybe something that's going to be a little more aggressive than I mean it to be, but you can't afford to ignore this any longer. Medium-sized businesses, larger businesses are, are probably already kind of, you know, trucking along. But I know a lot of small businesses hear words like this and it's like, you know what, that feels kind of hard and difficult and, you know, not, not necessarily for me. Up until this point, other organizations have been filling in the blanks for you. And what we're going to see, what we saw with Facebook is only going to continue. Google's going to pull back data. Apple's going to pull back data. Browsers are pulling back data. Ad networks are pulling back data. But the data is, it's still there. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's floating, you know, think about it as floating along the surface of the interwebs. And as people are, are interfacing with your various digital properties, you actually have the ability to go up and grab that data and then bring it down into your own database. And what's really cool is it's, it's honestly, truly not that hard. And what I mean is you don't need like a triple PhD in coding and development. You can capture first party data. And, and to make this more, more tactile, I'll say that like, if somebody visits your website, getting them to engage in any way to where you get like a name and an email, that's first party data. And that's the more obvious round of first party data. But you can also do things like before they've converted, before you've gotten their email, before they filled out a form, you can capture their, for instance, their Facebook click ID or their, their Google click ID, their GCLID, and you can append that to usage information and keep it at the ready so that if that prospect ever does something, especially if they've been properly cookied and first party cookies are still, you know, well within our rights, let's say, then you get to kind of start to build a customer story and building that customer story equips you with more and more and more information. You get to kind of, you know, really determine who this person is. So ease, don't wait, don't ignore this. The organizations that choose to move forward with first party data, they're going to be the ones that win. And, and y'all, it's, it's going to be such a staggering competitive advantage. I mean, I see whole businesses cropping up just around this, just helping people, you know, figure out how to capture and utilize their first party data. How is that, Ralph? I feel like I went off on a tangent. No, very, very good. And as big brains often do, and what I like to do, at least on this show, is bring it down to like the basics. Like if I am a small business owner, all right, that's great. Kasim's smart. He understands this stuff. What do I need to do? What would be the first thing that you would tell a small business owner tactically, like the idea of, okay, you can capture the you know, Facebook click ID and you can append to your usage data somehow, some way. Like, what does that mean to me as a small business owner? Should I just be going into Google Analytics? Should I be investing in a data warehouse? Should I switch everything over to my Shopify store? Like, what does that mean, Kasim? First and foremost, you have to have a CRM. CRM is Customer Relationship Manager. And, you know, the major CRMs out there, you've heard about all of them, I'm sure. But Salesforce is probably the biggest. 
Entreport and Fusionsoft has a CRM. Um, we, I know we have industry partners here that are CRMs. And then there's email marketing tools that act kind of as CRMs. But basically, you need somewhere to put this information. So that's step number one. That's your foundation. That's, that's us just making sure that the, the technical infrastructure exists to capture. And then what I'm going to say is maybe like super rudimentary. This is preschool level first party data acquisition. But the very first thing a business owner should do is make sure you have what I will call transitional call to actions on your site. So everybody has the like call now for a free, con- you know, con- or schedule now or, or contact us now. Or It's all bottom of the funnel, extreme, extreme, extreme bottom of the funnel. Go all the way to the tippity top, the tippity top of the sales funnel where you know somebody who is your target avatar and they are interested in your product or service. What type of information, what lead magnets, what downloads, what calculators, what, what can you give them that would prompt them trading their information for that content, that value. And the more specific you can make it on a per page basis, if you've got 20 page, a 20 page website, it stands to reason you might have 20 lead magnets because the lead magnet you offer on your pricing page is going to be very different than the lead magnet you offer on your services page or your about us page, et cetera. So the more specific you can be to their, their journey where they are, and there are really cool tools that will like roll over the lead magnet types based off of who the customer is, where they are, how long they've engaged, et cetera. And, and maybe right now, because Ralph asked me to go basic and I just, I just went against that. Ignore the fact that I just said that, but have the ability to capture contact information first and foremost. And then if I can add just one layer of complexity, make sure you're using UTM parameters, UTM parameters. When you're running ads specifically, uh, Facebook, Google, all of them, they're pushing content in your direction. They're pushing information in your direction and it's embedded in, in, if you ever click on an ad, you'll notice there's a bunch of little gobbledygook in the URL. That gobbledygook is data that you can use. That's Facebook saying, hey, here's the campaign that they came from. Here's the ad that they saw, et cetera. So when somebody fills out a form on your website, you can take their information and all the information in that URL and attach it to one contact record. And now you know, oh, hey, that Facebook campaign that previously I wasn't able to see into, like that's actually working here. I got a, a lead magnet download and the prospect seems to be really viable. And if I follow them through my sales funnel, they actually closed. And you know, Facebook has the conversion API. So you can go back to Facebook and say, hey, this, this prospect was worth something to me. Google has the same ability with offline conversion tracking. So if you're a small business, the very first thing to do, have a CRM and, and it doesn't need to be super advanced, y'all. Like a basic CRM is probably better because you're not going to get overwhelmed. And then once you have the ability to capture contact information, make sure you have really viable lead magnets. And the way to know whether or not your lead magnet is viable is when somebody downloads it, are they going to be pissed off or are they going to be grateful? Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, did I just waste my time? Or is like, gosh, y'all just saved me from, I don't know how many mistakes or errors or issues. I will leave links to the show notes on all the stuff. You have no idea what a UTM is. Well, we'll leave some links for you in the show notes. It has something to do with an urchin. That's all I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true? But no, I mean, a good example of this, like this is like the transitional lead magnet is a big deal. So like in the case of, I'll just use tier 11. This is going to probably result in a fair amount of opt-ins, but I don't really care because it's a good example of a transitional lead magnet. I don't think it's great right now based upon where we're at or we're transitioning out of that. And this one will actually go to a Facebook specific page. But we have a transitional lead magnet on our homepage because we can't expect everybody 
like we're a high volume Facebook and Instagram ad agency. A lot of people come to us for that. We do a whole lot more than that. But the point is, is people come to us for that, but they might not all want to book a call with our VP of sales, although they should, because he's a hell of a guy. But anyway, if you don't want to book the call with him and fill out the short application, we realize that not everybody's ready to go out on a date. Like, you know, like it's like we just met. You just came to my homepage. You know, we're sending a lot of AdWords traffic to a lot of different pages at Tier 11, but we also realize that not all those people are going to book a call. So the point is, the very bottom of our page, and this is taken right out to Don Miller's playbook, who's been here on Perpetual Traffic, and we need to get him back because he's awesome. Over at StoryBrand, is we have a transitional lead magnet, sort of the next step down, which is you know this guide about Facebook and Instagram ad strategies. So, but they get then put into a sequence. We capture their first party data, and then they are now in an email sequence, and then they get emails from me and everything else, and we're in communication with them to take that next step. So they're not ready to get engaged, married, whatever that next step is to become a customer of ours, but it's at least the first foray. And we're now cap, I mean, we've been doing this for you know well over a year right now, probably with the same lead magnet, but it's a really basic thing. And I think you as a business owner should have this. If you're uh, you know, a law firm or you're a service-based business or you know, you're just a local bricks and mortar business, maybe you're selling roofing or whatever it happens to be. You know, think about the biggest problem that your potential customer may have or the one that you solve, put it into a short checklist. You know, I think ours is like three pages, maybe. It's really good. It's chunky, but it is like these seven things. And then obviously there's calls to action inside that lead magnet. And it's a good first step and it's a transitional lead magnet. And that's how we capture our, you know, first party data. And we have a really big list. And it's all because of that, because we get a lot of traffic and not everybody's ready to take like the big step, you know, the big step down the down the aisle, so to speak. So uh, absolutely really, really good advice here. And I just emailed our technical guy to make sure that we have actually UTMs on that so we can track that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when somebody downloads that, what's really cool is assuming that they've been, you know, your, your, your tracking's in place, you now get to see what they do forever. Right. You, know, you more own or it. Less. Yeah, exactly. And you I'm using it. air quotes forever, but right. they come back to the website, they engage again, you know, if they're, if they're being properly tracked, the, the whole, the iron curtain that's been dropped on our visibility has now been lifted. So that one yeah. little piece of value, it's not just about getting them to convert from that lead magnet. Now you get to see what they do for as long as that, you know, cookie and that session ID stays intact. And I've got a pro tip. If you're, if you're sitting there wondering like, gosh, I don't know what my lead magnet should be. Ask yourself, what mistake is your customer about to make? What's the most immediate mistake? Because here's the thing. Everybody shopping for everything is about to make a mistake. If you, you know, Ralph mentioned an attorney. If you're an attorney, you know, gosh, it, you know, my customer's looking for a family law attorney and every single one of them, they always end up stuck with, you know, the person that offers this, you know, whatever, like the contract with agreement or like, what are the things that you know they're about to do wrong? There's your lead magnet, save them from themselves. And I think, again, it's a good opportunity to give them significant value. And it's a really awesome opportunity to brand yourself. You're no longer just a service provider. Now you're a thought leader. You've elevated yourself. You know, you've stepped up out of the whole like, oh, I'm just vying for your business. And you've put yourself in, in the realm of thought leader. And I think that's the way to, to begin really building a brand. Absolutely. Mm, great yeah. advice. I think it's just, this is back to basic stuff. And I mean, I think there's going to be, we're going to have a, a number of case studies that are coming out in the next month or two. One of which, which is a transition. We are 
talked about this on a couple of shows back, probably about a dozen or show shows back, where capturing first party data, capturing always having your lead magnet, always having your email sequence put together, as well as having a lead capture on your site is a transformative thing because it can end up no matter what your business is. Like for us, we're a service-based business. We've done it for e-commerce businesses, digital businesses. Like it doesn't matter what it is. Like we have a ring sizer that we use for one of our customers who sells rings. Like it's a great way of not everybody's ready to buy the couple hundred dollar ring right off the bat. Or like we would have done this with the watch company, you know, Angela, at some point in time. But the mm -hmm. point is, is like you have to start thinking laterally in this whole thing. And that's the whole idea behind iOS, I believe, is it makes the best businesses even better. And it some aren't going to last and some aren't going to see this coming and aren't going to actually flourish and survive. And I think that maybe goes into some of the other points that you had mentioned pre-record, Angela, is like this has allowed sort of the better businesses, the better offers, not the eh, meh offer that maybe you could use like the, the Facebook ads and all the cool, you know, interest tracking and all the levels and all the retargeting and everything that we talk about in the e-com amplifier, which still work, but maybe not to the degree. It comes back to really having a super strong offer to begin with, right? Isn't that something that you've seen yeah. as, a, as a truth throughout the tier 11 customer base? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's so true. I think that the iOS has absolutely brought that to the forefront that if you don't have a good offer, it's not as easy anymore just to back something up on Facebook and use all the, the tactics, you know, ABO versus CBO or or all these, the little tactics that we, as media buyers, we all love to do, they don't work as well anymore because of lack of, mainly, I guess, lack of visibility, lack of traffic coming through a lot of the, the drop off in the retargeting. But your offer really has to be solid now. It's not as easy anymore just to sell the latest fad and make it work. You have to put effort into what are you actually putting out there? What are you actually offering? Is it something that people think is useful? and beneficial and worth handing over their hard-end cash for. And yeah, that's been a big awakening for quite, quite a few of our customers where we've really, you know, things have dropped off when they were working excellently before the iOS changes. And it's not, I think for a lot of them, it's not just that it's offer fatigue. I think that's, that's true for some. I think offer fatigue is another thing. You might have had a really good offer, but the iOS changes have kind of managed to drop the performance. So yeah, really reviewing what is your offer? Is it really, really, really something good that someone wants to um, interact with you about? You really have to be hitting on all cylinders right now in every aspect. Like you can't have, like you need like the New York Yankees. You need like, <laughs> you know, you need Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in the middle and you need the table setter with, I forget, J.D. Matthews, I forget the guy who leads off. But anyway, like you need everybody. Maybe not no a good analogy. Reference to me, so. All right, let me talk about the Patriots from like the two, early 2000s. You need Tom Brady. There I we know go. him. Yeah. But the point is, is like it doesn't matter what your sports team is. I know there's a lot of Patriot haters out there, so screw all you guys. Um, <laughs> but but <laughs> the point is, is, you really need to be hitting on all cylinders. Like we have some customers where, for example, they have never updated their store, even though they've got great offers, to a mobile version. And they haven't migrated over to an easier version of e-commerce. You know who you guys are. I love you to death. But 
in spite of that, like they would be experiencing a hell of a lot more success now if they had a mobile site. Like that's like a big thing. Or maybe they should be able to have, you know, multiple products on a singular page so they can actually increase their average order value. Like you can't just get by without that kind of stuff now. And those are pretty big levers. You can't just get by with an okay offer. You've got to have something that's really pretty darn good. And I think that's one of the strengths of, I mean, not to talk about the tier 11 team, but it is a part of like what we do. It's like, if you've got a good offer, like we want to turn it into a great offer and use all the tools, like not just advertising, everything after the click and all the conversion architecture stuff that we do. We want to look at all the different channels. We start with Facebook and then we branch out to Google, YouTube, all the other socials. Cosm's agency does it in the reverse, which is cool. Like it's like it's all good. The point is, you have to be hitting on all cylinders now. You can't afford to just have an okay offer because if you got an okay offer or a good offer, you know the okay offer is now a crap offer, and the good offer is just kind of a meh offer. And I think everyone has to look at their marketing very, very differently. And it's not the freaking targeting that your agency is doing. Okay, let's oh, just let's make sure. Don't blame your one. goddamn agency. So yeah, I'm just I'm standing <laughs> up for you here, Ange. I know. You know who I blame? You know who I really think is at, at fault? It's, <laughs> it's a lot, not all, because there are some really good educators out there, but it's a lot of the educators in the marketing and agency space because all you ever see is these people who are like, oh yeah, dollar a day traffic, hundreds of thousands of leads, lemmings lining up in your funnel, buying whatever it is you want to sell in one click upsell, learn in 48 hours for 50 bucks. You know, and even if you don't buy the education or even buy into it, we've been barraged with that narrative over and over and over and over again. And part of me is like, there's a reason that billion dollar organizations spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars a year, you know, diving deep into this stuff, into the granularities. If it was as easy as, you know, Joe Schmo is saying in his cheapo course, like <laughs> none of us would have jobs. So I think we yeah. just need to like take a step back and realize that this stuff is hard. And, and that's okay. I also want to give, I want people to have permission to know, to believe, to think like, oh, this stuff is hard. You're not an right. idiot if it's not coming easy to you. Mm -hmm. You haven't failed at something. You know, all the other business owners in your mastermind or whatever that are telling you they're crushing it. I want to see their numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, and, and some of them are, and God 100%. bless them. But a lot of those folks, it's just, you know, it's nothing. It's a, it's a, it's a parlor trick at events where people are like, oh yeah, we're getting $10 CPLs. And and it's like, you, you screenshotted a two-hour segment of your 10-month campaign <laughs> right. for your $10 CPLs. Yep. Uh, There's still so, so much bullshit in the market, yeah. even despite this whole shakeout. And I'm, I was hoping a lot of those jokers, a lot of you know, my peers in the info space, which I don't think of myself as an info person, but like a lot of our peers, like those guys, unfortunately, really haven't gone away. It's almost like they've ramped it up in a lot of well, ways. they've gotten more aggressive. They've gotten well, more aggressive every, because desperate. of this. Right. Yeah, so they're, they're actually more receptive to the message now because everybody's right. like, I need something to work. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I think that is, I mean, not to talk about this show, but like we don't sugarcoat anything. Like if we're having a hard time, guys, we're going to tell you, like this sucked. It really did mm -hmm. and we're still dealing with it right now. But what are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to give up, close up shop? Like you have to figure out a different way where, you know, these two things so far and obviously first party data being a super important one, not accepting Facebook as the be all end all. Secondly, really reevaluating your offer and looking at it every little way. You know, adding that transitional lead magnet onto your site. Like these are non Facebook things, but these are things that impact your business. 
the end of the day, I do think that there's far too many businesses that that sprung up and were created based upon the success of Facebook. And I'm seeing a lot of them just sort of fade away. You know, yeah. some of whom were our customers, Ange, as you know, like they're just not going to make it. It's not choosing or switching from agency to agency. It's fundamentally the business is flawed. And I do think that there's a lot that's out there. Unfortunately, a lot of people probably got hurt by this, the small business owner, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. But this is one of those great shakeouts that you just have to figure it out and double down. And it does come back to the basics of marketing. You know, as Dice said, he who writes the best ad copy wins. <laughs> Hey, it's Kasim here, and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations. And every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. If you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and You've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process. If you don't 5X your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners. When's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember... I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. You know, we just invested like almost $20,000 a month and like ad copy people and copywriters and landing page. Like that's what we're doing. Like it ain't easy and it's not fun. And it's like, you know, maybe our profitability isn't as great as it used to be. But the point is, it's like we're digging in as opposed to giving up. And I think you as a business owner, like if you're feeling desperate or feeling like, oh my God, like everything is sort of falling apart. Well, this is hopefully, you know, a way for you to kind of snap out of it. And think of things a little bit differently because it's going to be this challenging moving on. Uh, you know, the tracking for Facebook and all the other things aren't going to come back anytime soon. You got to figure out alternatives. Well, and here's the hope. The, most of your competitors aren't going to do the work. Yep. 80% of your competitors are not going to do the work. You don't need to be the best. You just need to be the one that does the work. And, and, and I, you know, I think the proactive people listening to this are going to find hope in that. Angela, I interrupted yeah. you. For no, me. no. I was just saying it was a really good point that Ralph was making about, you know, the copywriting. And the tracking, 
because that's kind of the third thing that I've noticed talking to both the team and our customers is this big mindset shift around targeting and Facebook. And I, I still hear it, you know, we, we hear it obviously a lot from customers because it is a re-education. Well, you're sending garbage traffic, you're not hitting the right audience. But it's, it's actually the shift is that your ads, your copy and your creative should be selecting the audience, not the, mm. you selecting the audience so that you're hitting the right people so that they'll buy whatever they put in front of them, which is kind of say where it again. used to be. You say that Wait again. Say. Yeah. say that again. We're both like, say that again, This is a value bomb. If you're listening, I need pull over if you're in the car. Like, we're going to write it down. Yeah. This right needs a new nickname, by the way, just based upon this tip yeah. alone. Go ahead and say it again. So what it used to be is you would pick your audience, you know, do all your audience research and just put whatever ad you had. And it was much easier just to get people to buy it. Now you have to do the work on the copy and the creative side. And that is what is driving the audience that are going to buy your, your stuff. And, and what you said that I loved was the, the creative finds the audience. Yes. Used to be that we would find the audience and then put creative in front of them. Now our creative is going to find the audience for us. Yes. And I'm going to say that in a nerdy, annoying way. Do it. Your creative should intrinsically qualify your prospect. If they engage with your creative, that intrinsically qualifies them as a qualified prospect for you. Meaning, if they like it, then they're the right customer. If they don't, then they're not. Which yeah. is interesting because that means we're playing less is more. You actually don't want more leads. You kind of want less. You want to bat, you want to attract and repel. hundred percent. And that's a huge mindset shift for most business owners. And it's also a mindset shift for media buyers that yes, we oh, know. Shift for me. Yeah, I want more leads all the time. You yeah, want all the leads. tricks. Yeah. I, mean, you want, I mean, imagine if you had great ad copy and great audiences, great yes. targeting. Like Over. that's awesome. You're spinning dreams here, Ralph. <laughs> I know, Just but <laughs> you, you can't have it all or where would you put it? Somebody once said, well, I can't have it all because we won't have any place to put it. I don't know. Anyway, Stephen Lynch, I think, said that. But anyway, no, the point is, is like this is a really important part. Like if you're – it now is the time to invest in great copywriting, great creative, great front end, attracting the ideal customer with less than maybe – laser focused targeting that you had before. It wasn't really that laser focused, guys. Let's not forget. Like, remember when we had like all those additional categories and we would go down like, oh, I need people that live in suburbia and then make over $100,000 a year and then have a $5 million net worth and are interested in yoga. Hmm. Like those audiences, you'd be like, oh my God, that's great. It's the greatest audience ever for my product. Well, those would never really work anyway. So, and then we swung the other way where we said, all right, well, let's just do like, you know, 1% to 10% lookalike audiences for like all countries or maybe the big five or maybe the United States. So it swung the pendulum in the, in the other direction. But now we're kind of in between there somewhere where we're still using large audiences, but it's now the ad copy and creative stuff from the creative lab, for example, at tier 11, that really is the thing that calls out that avatar, gets them interested, engages them at level one traffic and pulls them in through less than ideal you know, visibility inside Facebook, which is the reason why we use first party tools. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. yes. And y'all, here's the thing is it's only going to get worse. And I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. I don't want to be chicken little. Google is changing, right? Like with mm -hmm. Flock and, and, and you're going to see basically anybody who's a conduit to the internet is going to now somehow assume responsibility and inhibit the distribution of data. They're going to have to, it's going to become like the societal prerequisite. 
So this isn't something that you can ignore. You can't say, oh, I'm not, I, I don't rely on Facebook. I rely on other traffic channels. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. These are, this is universal ubiquitous truths. And I got to tell y'all, we are two years ahead of the curve. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear 24 months from now, every Tom, Dick, and Harry talking about first party data. We're giving you, we're at least 18 months, but I think two years ahead of the curve. If you can jump on this now, this is fundamental, foundational. This isn't like blue sky or, or, or us clutching at straws. This is the thing that's going to equip you to be two years ahead of your competition. Such good information. Agreed. I'm just going to say it once more because I think, Ange, we're going to give you credit for this. This would be like the byline for the podcast. The ad finds the audience, not the audience finds the ad. I'm not going to steal that from Ange and pretend I came up with it later. Steal it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll hunt you no, down. I was thinking. <laughs> she trademarked that sucker, Ange. Yeah. Ange has like serious military training too, we found out. So I'm actually afraid right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> This whole conversation started with this book that I'm reading called Dead Wake, which is the sinking of the Lusitania, which for those of you who are history geeks like myself, was the reason why the United States basically got into World War I. And then after that, World War I kind of started World War II, and then here we are today. But the point is, is on that ship, they were, they were really paranoid about German torpedoes and U-boats and getting torpedoed. And so they're finally, they go through the entire transatlantic journey and they're literally like two, 300 miles from their final destination and they get torpedoed. And they've been doing all these like lifeboat drills and everything else. And like, we're prepared, we're prepared. But the boat, easy for me to say, wasn't built for getting torpedoed. So all the drills that they were preparing for, like pre-IOS, like all of a sudden, those drills didn't work. And what's worse is the people that were supposed to be manning the lifeboats to helping all the passengers. And there's like thousands of passengers, kids all the way to, you know, men and women in their 80s, which is really sort of tragic. They, they were all down in the boiler room and they all got killed by the, the torpedo. So the thing started listing like 27 degrees and instead of them being able to, oh, well, let's just go right into the lifeboat and just walk over the railing and get in. Like they had to jump like five to eight feet. And that's how a lot of these people died. My point is, it's like when it comes to things in business, sometimes you can do all the preparation in the world. And I'm at the point right now where I'm not really sure who's going to actually live or who's going to die. It's a, it's a great story. The point is, it's like you can do all the prep. Like we did all the prep for iOS, but now we're in the middle of it. And like we were on the fly. We're figuring out like, holy crap, you can't go to the lifeboats on the starboard side. You got to go on the port side. I don't even know. Yeah. And you would probably know better yes. than I would. <laughs> so you have a plan B. Like we had a plan B, but we also are making this up as we go with the data that's coming in. And that's what you do to survive. And also, I actually woke up with a nice little smile on my face this morning because I was like, shit, you know, it's been challenging the last couple of months, but at least I wasn't on the Lusitania. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not life or death here. And maybe for some folks it is, but monetarily, it's something to, for you to keep in mind that do have to adapt to the circumstance or it's adapt or you don't live, you don't survive as a business. But in the case of, of iOS, you're figuring it out as you're going along, gathering data. Everybody's in the same boat. Nobody has a miracle solution. I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. And there's some shills out there that say that they do. They're full of it. Okay. Let's make sure we're clear on that. 
although you know some of them were very friendly with. But the point is, is you have to deal with this sort of <laughs> stuff. Not anymore. Some of my very dear friends. <laughs> I just like pissed off everybody that I know in the space. The point is, you have to really be able to adapt on the fly and. And, you know, I guess we'll find out how many people actually live or die on the Lusitania when I finish the end of the book. But the point is, is business is a full contact sport and you have got to adapt and figure it out as you go along. And that's part of probably why you listen to the show, I would guess. Well, and where there's chaos, there's opportunity. Absolutely. Um, And that's that's hard to see. But I mean, this is where you're going to unseat a lot of tenured, let's say, authorities. You know, if you're in a space and you weren't number one in that space, you now have the biggest chance to, I don't, I'm not going to tell you that you can seize the throne right out of the gate, but you can definitely move up a couple of rungs because the folks that are the biggest, those were the ones that were the most entrenched. They actually got hurt the hardest. Yeah. So I think that, you know, if we can just stick it out, the opportunity is going to be immense here. Yeah. yeah. By volume. Absolutely. Any parting words of advice and from this week's, uh, this month's what's working now? I guess it genuinely, truly does feel that we're, the horror has come, we're leveling out, people are realizing that, ah, okay, like, it's not just that my agency is rubbish and is giving me all this nonsense about results. I think we're all, you know, the media buyers, the people that are running ads are realizing, ah, it's not just me that's rubbish, it's the system. And we're all getting used to what this new playing field looks like and what the new reality is. And that's a good thing. And as you said, Kasim, there's so much opportunity now, so much now to learn new ways of doing things and to adapt and yeah, move on up. Yeah, for sure. Thankfully, we have lots of lifeboats. So yes. that was always good. We didn't have just the ones on the starboard side. But no, absolutely. It's a lot of opportunity here. Like it happens every now and then. This is a biggie, obviously, on this platform. But definitely go back and listen to some of the tips and words of advice here. If anything, make sure that you get your transitional lead magnet going on your website like today. Start capturing leads. You know, I don't care what it is, Infusionsoft Keep, which is a great, they're obviously a sponsor of the show here, whether it's ConvertKit, whether it's Salesforce, whatever it happens to be, get a CRM, start capturing your own first party data. And that's a good step in the right direction. And then listen to the other pieces of advice here to continue to scale and grow into the coming year. And one more reminder to make sure you tweet at us for a free ticket for Traffic and Conversion Summit because Traffic and Conversion Summit is a pretty freaking good place to get lots of education, lots of ideas in addition to this show on how to survive and thrive in the coming year, especially during this iOS thing. And it's not going away anytime soon. And Flock is coming on the Google side. So it's just going to get more and more challenging. So it's time to sharpen that saw, up your game, and Traffic and Conversion Summit is the place to do it. Pretty excited to be talking there. Kasim's going to be hosting, I think, the entire event alongside Snoop Dogg. Is that what you're going to be doing there? Oh, that sure? would be nice. I'm emceeing one of the stages. Yeah, but me and, me and Snoop will find time to hang out, I'm sure. <laughs> you're going to be Snoop's MC. I love That's that. That's right. I'll be crying over here in Australia, missing out on the fun. <laughs> oh, we just can't wait to see uh, Snoop I... and Martha Stewart on the same stage. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I don't know how those two people found each other, but it's just such a blast to watch them. Like it's just, yeah, it's a fun pairing. It's a beautiful thing. So, well, if you uh, you didn't hear the first part of the show here, we are giving away ten free tickets to Traffic and Conversion Summit. If there's ten tickets and the going rate is what? How many? How many dollars of value are we giving away here, Kasim? It's significant. Well, so uh, 
just to put some guardrails on it, they're not they're not all access tickets. We're giving away ten uh, networking passes. The all access ticket, though, I think is twenty five hundred bucks. Mm. So to get into this event for free, where other people are paying twenty five hundred dollars, I think is a really big deal. And these networking passes, they're also not faux passes. Like they get you into the keynote talk, they get you into the main stage, they get you into the exhibitor hall. You're gonna have way more than enough to do. I promise you. Um, I think there's so three much. stages in the exhibitor hall. Yeah, there's more so than enough much content. Going on. Yeah. Check us out. Check and, it out. And maybe a soft ask is, and hopefully this doesn't come across the wrong way, but don't take the ticket if you're not going to come. We've only got 10. And yeah. we want to make sure that the people that you know that take it are actually going to head over to San Diego or if you're already in the in- area, we'd love to see you. And don't take it if you think we suck too because you just want to write a positive review and you hate us. So, you know, we do want <laughs> we want to make sure you have a positive review. So post a positive or a a review, a honest positive review on iTunes. This is the entry criteria. And then screen capture. If you know, don't know how to screen capture, get Snagit or something like that. If you don't want to do that, there's a thing on if Mac you don't to know be how able to do it. Yeah, I'm thinking, man, if you don't know how to screen capture, I don't think TNC is your event. It's, it's over for us. Like, so forget I said that. All right. So screen capture your review and tweet at me at Ralph HB. On Twitter, that's Ralph H B Holland Dutch Clogs middle name. Make sure you do that, and then, uh, also follow me on Twitter too. We talk about some pretty cool stuff over there. But everything that we talked about here today, we will have over in the show notes over at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you, Angela Ponsford. Oh, by the way, if you have a nickname for Ange in addition to your free ticket to uh, TNC, make sure you tweet at me a, a good nickname for Angela. Minister and Maven of Media was the ones that we were going with before. Now she's the VP of Customer Success. So this has been episode of 231 with Perpetual Traffic Podcast, digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast, episode 231. Thanks, guys. Until next week, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.